Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. Donald Trump's D.C. election interference case has been postponed. Glenn says, don't worry, Trump will still be convicted. Well, friends, you've probably heard by now that Donald Trump's March 4 trial date in D.C., that's his federal criminal prosecution for trying to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, his federal prosecution for trying to override the expressed will of the American voters, his federal prosecution for trying to unlawfully and unconstitutionally retain the power of the presidency. Yeah, that federal prosecution has been postponed. The March 4 trial date has been vacated by the judge and we don't yet have a new trial date set. But friends, please don't be too discouraged because unlike most criminal defendants, Donald Trump, has lots of backup auxiliary cases pending against him. His prosecution dance card is quite full. So let's talk about the trial dates and the likely sequencing of the Trump trials. As always, let's start with the new reporting. This from the New York Times. Headline, Judge Scraps Trial Date for Trump Election Subversion Case. And that article begins, The federal judge overseeing former President Donald Trump's prosecution on charges of plotting to overturn the 2020 election issued an order on Friday scrapping the March 4 trial date for the case. The order by Judge Tanya Chutkin was a formal confirmation of what had seemed fairly obvious for weeks. It came after she made a series of hints that she was going to delay the trial as Mr. Trump pursues an effort to have the underlying charges tossed out with an argument that he enjoys complete immunity from prosecution. In her order, Judge Chutkin said that she would set a new trial date for the proceeding in federal district court in Washington if and when Mr. Trump's immunity claims are resolved. The immunity claims are now in front of a three-judge panel of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, which has been mulling the issue since oral arguments were heard on January 9. The panel, which expressed skepticism about Mr. Trump's position, has yet to return a decision after setting an extremely aggressive schedule for briefings to be filed. So friends, Donald Trump has four, yes, four, 
criminal prosecutions pending against him, two federal and two state. You know, in my 30 years as a prosecutor, I think I once had a defendant, happened to be a murder defendant, who committed three separate murders and had three murder cases pending against him. But I've searched my memory. I don't think I ever had a defendant in my 30 years who had four criminal cases pending against him. Donald Trump is something of a record-setting criminal. But let's kind of work through chronologically where Donald Trump's cases are and talk about when his first trial might actually begin. So as we just discussed, the March 4 trial date in the DC election subversion case, we thought might be the first to go to trial, but Donald Trump has gummed up the works by filing a largely frivolous appeal, claiming he has absolute presidential immunity. You know, he could kill his opponents, his political opponents while in office and nobody could touch him, nobody could hold him accountable, nobody could prosecute him. That's laughable. It's contrary to everything that our democracy stands for and it ultimately will be rejected. But Donald Trump knows the value of delay. And that's precisely why he filed this motion and why he is now appealing his loss of the motion in the trial court. So we just have to wait this one out. So the March 4 trial date has been vacated. It's been postponed. Okay, what happens next? Well, chronologically, I think the next important date is March 1st. It's not a trial date. It's what we call a status hearing or a scheduling conference date. And it's in that case down in Florida. That would be his unlawful retention of classified documents, his obstruction of justice, and his violation of our nation's espionage laws. The real problem with that case is not the strength, the quantity of the evidence against him. It's overwhelming. It's the judge, Judge Aileen Cannon, a Trump appointee, who has been doing favor after favor, though, for Donald Trump. There's a status hearing, a scheduling conference in that case that is currently on the calendar for March 1st. I think the reason that was set, and it was set months ago, was because by March 1st, Judge Cannon and the parties, the prosecution, and Donald Trump and his defense lawyers and his co-defendants would know if the March 4 trial date was gonna go or was gonna be continued. We now know it's being continued. What does that mean? means when they go into court in Florida on March 1st, they will talk about whether the trial date in the Florida case, which is set for May 20th, is still a viable date. And it looks like it may be. Why? Because Donald Trump won't be in trial in DC beginning in early March for, you know, four, six, eight weeks. So he will now be able to prepare, his attorneys will be able to prepare for a May 20th trial date in Florida. I don't pretend Judge Cannon is going to stick with that May 20th date, but that's something that will probably be decided on March 1st in that status hearing or that scheduling conference down in Florida. When is the next important date on the calendar? March 25th. And I really like this one. That's Donald Trump's criminal prosecution in New York by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg for election interference in 2016. Now remember, 
That case involves three dozen felony crimes of falsifying business records, not falsifying business records to gain some you know, unlawful tax advantage, no, falsifying business records to hide the fact that he was in a relationship with a porn star, to bury that deeply damaging information from we the people, the American voters in 2016. So that is, in a very real sense, an election interference case. That's scheduled to go to trial in New York on March 25th, virtually just around the corner. And given that he's not now going to trial on March 4, guess what? He's freed up to go to trial on March 25th in New York. There would be a certain symmetry about it if that was the first trial to commence against Donald Trump because that was the first criminal indictment of Donald Trump. So we will know in the coming weeks whether that March 25th trial date in New York ends up being the first criminal prosecution that actually kicks off against Donald Trump. When is the next important date? Well, now we have to hop back down to Florida because after that March 25th trial date in New York sorts itself out, the next trial date on the books is, as we just mentioned, May 20th down in Florida. And again, if Donald Trump goes to trial in New York beginning on March 25th, well, then that May 20th date may not be realistic. He may still be in trial or maybe finishing up his trial in New York, so the May 20th date may have to get pushed. So what's the next important date on the calendar after May 20th? It's the Georgia RICO case. And, you know, there has been some developments down there with Fawny Willis talking about having a personal relationship with one of the prosecutors on the team that's prosecuting Trump and the 18 other RICO co-defendants in Georgia, Trump's criminal associates, his co-conspirators. And it's a bad look in the court of public opinion, perhaps, but it looks like it will be much ado about nothing in the court of law. Based on what I've reviewed and what I've read, what I've seen, I don't think it will have any impact on the RICO prosecution of Donald Trump and his criminal associates down in Georgia. So the next date we need to think about is, I believe, August 5th. It's not a hard date. It is a date that Fawny Willis requested for the first RICO trial to begin down in Georgia. But that date hasn't been set. It does look like there is, you know, an August trial in the mix, at least as far as DA Willis is concerned. That's when she would like the RICO trials to commence. But it's an open question as to when the first RICO trials will actually kick off down in Georgia. But keep an eye on August. But of course, there is this domino effect, because depending on which earlier trial goes first, that could end up pushing the later trials down the road. But here is the one thing that may actually end up being the most important thing to keep in mind. The March 4 trial date that was just vacated, canceled, postponed. That trial will be put back on the calendar as soon as Donald Trump's ridiculous immunity claim is definitively rejected, first by the appellate court, which has it now. And if they definitively reject it next week and the Supreme Court says, we're not even taking it up for review, which is the right call, 
because there is no issue of constitutional importance or significance to be reviewed on the absolute immunity front. Why do I say that, friends? Because there's no federal law on the books. There's no appellate court opinion, no case law, no precedent, and there's no constitutional principle that says a president is absolutely immune against prosecution. So once the appellate court rejects it, that should be the end of it. Now, there is still some time that will be involved in Trump filing more appeals, but I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court says we're not going to review an issue that has no support in the law or the Constitution. That would be frivolous. That would simply be delaying Trump's trial for the sake of delay. Let's hope the Supreme Court doesn't do that. So here is the, I'm gonna call it good news. The March 4 trial date that was just vacated, that was just canceled, that trial will have to go back on Trump's trial calendar. And as these other trials sort their way out, they either start or they don't start, they get pushed down the road a bit, there will be some prosecution daylight in Donald Trump's schedule. And Judge Chutkin, who's presiding over Donald Trump's DC election subversion trial, will be able to drop that trial and a trial date in that case right into that prosecution daylight once it opens up. So it may be that Donald Trump's DC federal prosecution for trying to overturn the election gets dropped onto the calendar in May, in June, in July, depending on when Donald Trump's criminal dance card opens up. And that means that case will be resolved by a jury of Donald Trump's peers before the November 2024 election. And that is enormously consequential to everyone. Because as I've said all along, in the horrific event that Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for president, I think even his supporters, his base, his potential voters have a right to know if they're casting their ballot for a convicted felon or for a completely innocent man who's been found not guilty on all counts, fully exonerated by a jury of his peers. Yeah, the voters need to know that before they go to the polls in November 2024. So friends, we remain on this justice roller coaster, and it doesn't look like we're getting off anytime soon. And it's a real e-ticket ride. Those of you of a certain age will know what an e-ticket ride is. But we're on this justice roller coaster and we're gonna remain buckled in through all the ups and downs, through all the hairpin turns, through all the loop-de-loops until it pulls into the station. And the first jury is in the box and they're prepared to judge Donald Trump. And that's when Donald Trump will be convicted. So friends, why do I say Donald Trump will be convicted so definitively, so confidently? Well, for 30 years as a prosecutor, it was really one of my primary responsibilities, one of my most frequent duties to assess the evidence and try to decide whether we should indict and prosecute someone. You know, determine whether the, the strength and the quality and the quantity of the evidence was such 
that we had a reasonable likelihood of conviction. And I say Donald Trump will be convicted because the evidence of his guilt is not just strong, it's overwhelming, it's irrefutable. And I say Donald Trump will be convicted because his incessant lies in the court of public opinion will not see the light of day in a court of law. And I say Donald Trump will be convicted because I still believe that justice matters. Coming up after the break, special counsel Jack Smith talks about Trump's Mar-a-Lago lies. That's next on Justice Matters. Beowulf here with Justice Matters, and I am loving the warmer weather and the sunnier skies. It makes you want to get out and move and get healthy. And you can help yourself get healthy and meet your wellness goals with no prep, no mess meals from Factormeals.com. There's a whole menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat in a well-balanced way. What's my favorite? I love the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken with spicy cilantro cauliflower rice. So flavorful and healthy, too. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash glen50 and use code glen50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's glen50 at factormeals.com slash glenn 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factormeals.com slash glen50. Go there. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. In a new court filing, special counsel Jack Smith is publicly calling out Trump's lies in the classified documents case. Here's Glenn. So friends, Donald Trump lies incessantly in the court of public opinion. Prosecutors generally don't respond. Prosecutors speak through their indictments, through their court filings, their legal briefs, their motions, and of course, Prosecutors speak in open court during pretrial hearings, during trials, and in the event of conviction at sentencing hearings. Well, special counsel Jack Smith just opted to speak in a court filing about Donald Trump's endless stream of lies. 
his lies about the classified documents he stole and unlawfully retained at Mar-a-Lago, indeed obstructing justice in the process because government official after government official from multiple agencies tried to convince Donald Trump to return what wasn't his. And those government officials doing their job, hardworking, honorable, honest, ethical public servants have been the subject of Donald Trump's vicious, vile, and dangerous lies ever since. And Jack Smith decided it's time to set the record straight in a court filing. So friends, as we often do, let's start with the new reporting. And then I want to read just some of special counsel Jack Smith's new court filing in Donald Trump's federal prosecution down in Florida. But let's start with a new reporting from Politico. Headline, special counsel mounts forceful and unusual defense of Trump classified documents case. And that article begins, special counsel Jack Smith used a routine legal filing Friday to offer a forceful public rebuttal against Donald Trump's claims that his criminal prosecution for allegedly hoarding classified documents has been infected by politics and legal impropriety. The 68-page document began with what Smith's team described as an effort to correct false assertions the former president had made about the nature of the case against him. What followed was a lengthy recitation of the events that led prosecutors to suspect Trump had been squirreling reams of classified records at his Mar-a-Lago estate. Rather than the bloodthirsty partisan endeavor Trump describes, prosecutors say federal officials from the National Archives, the intelligence community, and White House Counsel's office took measures and incremental steps to retrieve the documents, often in coordination with some of Trump's own designated advisors, before escalating the matter as the former president continued to resist. The approach taken in the legal brief is somewhat unusual for the Justice Department. Though the filing was submitted to U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon, at times it sounded like an opening argument to a jury Trump could face in the future, or the first chapter of a report meant to detail investigative findings to the public. The filing included some new details about the origins of the probe, particularly as Trump's liaisons to the National Archives began a dialogue with key White House officials about how to facilitate the return of missing documents. Though Trump has long portrayed the Biden White House's involvement in the process as a sign of sinister politics, Smith's team described it as limited, necessary, and well-known to Trump's aides who did not protest. That was a running theme throughout the prosecutor's filing where Trump spoke in ominous terms about a monolithic Biden administration acting against him, the reality was that career officials from multiple agencies acting on their discreet responsibilities took standard and even innocuous actions to fulfill their duties, 
according to the brief. And friends, now let's turn to Jack Smith's new court filing. And I will say, for a legal pleading, kind of sings. It's captioned, United States of America versus Donald Trump, Waltine Nauda, and Carlos de Oliveira. And here is just some of the opening salvo of Jack Smith's court filing. Defendants, that would be Trump, Nauda, and de Oliveira, Defendant's motion seeks non-discoverable materials based on speculative, unsupported, and false theories of political bias and animus. Many of the requests are so generalized that it's difficult to decipher what they seek. Others reflect pure conjecture, detached from the facts surrounding this prosecution. For still others, the government has already furnished the defendants with what they seek to the extent that the law requires. The government will explain below why the defendants' showings fall short of applicable legal requirements. But before turning to those arguments, it's necessary to set the record straight on the underlying facts that led to this prosecution because the defendants' motion paints an inaccurate and distorted picture of events. The government will clear the air on those issues, not because the court needs to resolve factual disputes before denying the motion, it need not resolve the facts, but because the defendant's misstatements, if unanswered, leave a highly misleading impression on a number of matters. After that discussion, the government will turn to the underlying legal principles and their application to defendants' requests, all of which should be denied. The defendants rely on a pervasively false narrative of the investigation's origins. Their apparent aim is to cast a cloud of suspicion over reasonable actions by government officials diligently doing their jobs. The defendants' insinuations have scant factual or legal relevance to their discovery requests, but they should not stand uncorrected. Put simply, the government here confronted an extraordinary situation. A former president engaging in calculated and persistent obstruction of the collection of presidential records, which as a matter of law belong to the United States for the benefit of history and posterity, and as a matter of fact, here included a trove of highly classified documents containing some of the nation's most sensitive information. The law required that those documents be collected, and the record establishes that the relevant government officials performed their tasks with professionalism and patience in the face of unprecedented defiance unprecedented defiance by a former president of the United States in the face of government official after government official, government agency after government agency seeking the return of classified documents that did not belong to Donald Trump, seeking the return of classified information that Donald Trump stole and was unlawfully retaining at Mar-a-Lago. And friends, what kind of danger did Donald Trump pose to our national security? 
in the time he was, you know, storing this classified information in bathrooms and ballrooms. I want to turn back to one more short piece of reporting from the Politico article. Jack Smith's brief is also peppered with factual claims that make Trump's behavior sound more serious and egregious. When discussing the defense's request for more information from the Secret Service, prosecutors assert that their interaction with the Secret Service, the federal agency that guards the president and his family, underscored Trump's recklessness in keeping a large volume of classified information at his Florida home, which also serves as a social club and a site for political and social events with lengthy guest lists. The Secret Service reported that of the approximately 48,000 guests who visited Mar-a-Lago between January 2021 and May 2022, while classified documents were at the property, only 2,200 of the 48,000 guests even had their names checked and only 2,900 of the 48,000 guests passed through magnetometers, metal detectors, Jack Smith's filing says. So friends, what does that tell you about our national security? Mar-a-Lago was a damn sieve for classified information, potentially, you know, ripe for the taking by more than 40,000 individuals whose names were not even taken, not even written down, not even recorded by the Secret Service. <sighs> Keep punching, Jack, because our democracy depends on it. And because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.